Carly Searson, you are a Jesuit. You're out on the missions and have been for many, many years in Zambia, Malawi. And you have two ministries. One is the Pioneers and the other is the Apostleship of Prayer, now known as the Pope's Worldwide Network of Prayer, which we'll speak about in a minute. The Pioneers, it's not something we associate with Africa and problem drinking. Well, the pioneers in Ireland or in Zambia and Malawi is basically taking the resources of our faith and our faith in Jesus and applying it to one particular problem in society, which is uh, the alcohol-related harm. Uh, Ireland and Zambia and Malawi are quite similar in many ways. There are a lot of people here who don't drink at all for any health reasons, whatever. Some people drink very moderately, and that's actually the aim of the pioneers, to encourage people to drink Moderately, it's the aim. Uh, but some people, including members of my own family, which is very painful, uh, drink to excess. And one of my nephews died just two years ago. So that's something that's burned into my imagination. Myself, I've been drinking all my life. I stopped about 10 years ago because of that same nephew. And I just became a private member of the Pioneers to pray for him and be concerned about him. Then my predecessor, who was from Galway, died, uh, Father Paddy Joyce. So the provincial out there in Zambia, Malawi, asked me to become, and I'm now the national director. Uh, Comparing Ireland, Zambia and South Africa, there was a recent WHO, that's the World Health Organization, survey of drinking patterns. And it turned out among the women in Zambia and in South Africa, they're the joint first in the world for binge drinking. That is amazing. I never, never would have thought that. Now it is amazing. Again, remember the three groups I gave. Some people in Zambia don't drink at all. Some drink very moderately. But there's a, a certain group in, in Zambia and in Malawi and in South Africa and, and in Ireland, I'm sure, um, who drink far too much. And so part of the, the pioneer is to bring the resources of faith, the sacred heart of Jesus, the fire of God's love to bear in terms of prevention. I go to schools. Uh, recently, I was in a school in Mazabuka, which is in the southern part of Zambia, and I had 750 boys, and I gave a talk like we're doing now, and I was encouraged them not to drink at all, or if they drink after school, drink moderately. So one boy, about, you know, he's about six foot something, stood up, and he says, Father, seriously, your message is very clear. Don't get drunk. But Father, how can we be happy if we don't get drunk? <laughs> and my answer was a bit of science, I picked up serotonin. When you go out to play football or hurling or soccer or swimming or the mini marathon with the women, you come back, you feel terrific. Serotonin has kicked in. You feel, you feel a natural high. When you go out drinking and you get drunk, you feel terrific. You feel high for a while. And it's also serotonin. But the second one is artificial and it's da- damaging your brain damaging your liver, damaging your, your family. And I said, boys, you have to choose what way you want to be happy. And interesting, the, the studies have shown also that alcohol actually is a depressant, that uh, it, though it gives you an initial buzz, usually when it wears down, it, you can be quite depressed. Yes, it is a depressant. However, it depre- like say young men, when I was a young man, I used to be scared of girls. So some young men, myself included, take one or two beers to have the curry. It gives you kind of a false curry. It depresses your fear. 
So some people in Zambia say, Father, I enjoy it. What's the problem? Well, the problem is not what's happening now. One or two now is not really a problem. But when the one or two becomes four or five, and that it affects the cirrhosis of the liver, then it's a very serious problem. So how open are people to what you say? I mean, it's a difficult message to preach here in Ireland. You might get away with it from a health point of view and mental health and societal well-being. But to talk at it from a religious point of view is is not really, it's very difficult for the pioneers here. How does it go down in Africa? Well, in Africa, it's, we have 20,000 pioneers in Zambia alone, not counting Malawi. Malawi is about to open up. I go back in a week's time. And one of my jobs between now and Christmas is to go over to Malawi, meet the Malawian bishops and persuade them to allow us to uh, start the pioneers in Malawi. So the message goes down well. Some of people say, oh, it's a difficult message. But as you say, people want their health. And we say in our literature, in our advertising, say the real wealth of Zambia is not copper. Now, copper is extremely important in Zambia. The real wealth of Zambia is not our copper, but our children. Let's protect the health of our children by becoming pioneers, or at least by drinking moderately. Because Zambia has suffered from the ravages of AIDS, and it's hard to think that as they're beginning to come out of that and deal with that and deal with unjust debt that has been imposed on them by the World Bank and whatever, that now they have to face into something like this, or that they might go down a road that really would cause some great heartache. Well, there's money involved. I mean, the, I'm, I'm from an Irish pub family, so I'm from the drinks industry. That's where I come from. Not the Searsons. The Searsons, yeah. I, so, and the drinks industry around the world is extremely powerful. And the same industries that are operating in Zambia are operating in, in uh, Ireland. Um, we have a national alcohol policy that's put together by the Zambian government. I'm on a committee of NGOs and the church, the pioneers, to get this policy um, finalised. It has been stalled by the drinks industry. They really? Don't, yeah, really. They don't want to be um, have any breaks on their profit. They're saying, you know, uh, demand is so high now we can't keep up production. We say, forget it. It's our people's health. Of course they should enjoy a drink. Moderately, And how are they stalling it? What are they doing? Well, the policy was about to be signed by the minister and then go to the cabinet office. And the minister called me and said, sorry, Father, there's a delay. I have to talk to the drinks industry. And we've been at this for six years. So um, this Gosh. is our internal politics in Zambia. But uh, when I get back, that's part of my job. And we have a committee working on it. They went to see the minister last week in my absence. Um, they actually wrote to me by email in Ireland I, I wrote back to the committee, uh, not, not, not Pioneer Committee, now this is an NGO committee, and they said, Father, thank you, we will see the minister this coming week. So are you hopeful that it will get through? I'm very hopeful, and if it doesn't get through, you know, we, um, I think religion can be very tame and lovey-dovey, and it's, there is a lovey-dovey side to religion, but Jesus said, I've come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were blazing already. So if it isn't pushed through this year, we'll be setting the country on fire. <laughs> and what have you planned? Will there be marches? Will you lobby? All of the above. We write letters, we see the minister, um, we lobby, the NGOs um, are working nicely behind the scenes, all of the above. And so you spoke of yourself, you 
you used to enjoy a drink and then you gave it up. Do you miss alcohol? Not at all. Not even a glass of wine with your dinner? Well, recently I'm on holidays here in Ireland and it was a family meal and there was a lovely glass of white wine on that warm, sunny, this long weekend. And I said, "Mm, I would like it, but I wasn't craving. I mean, this is 10 years ago. I have a thing called a Malawi Shandy, which is uh, is kind of lemonade with bitters, ice and lemon. And it's most enjoyable. But what do those who do take alcohol, what do they drink in Malawi and in um, South Africa and Zambia? Zambia. More or less the same as here. Um, People drink bottled beer, lagers. Uh, Some have whiskey. Some have pochine, a version of pochine. There is local beer that's like gruel that has been allowed to ferment. Some is made in the villages. But the difference now in the villages, tankers, can you believe this? Tankers come in from from Lusaka, from the city like a petrol tanker, full of a beer. It's like the gruel, and um, that's offloaded into the villages without any license, without it, just off. People come up with containers, you know, two-gallon containers, and they pay a few pence. So it is a gross abuse of human rights. And one of the hidden drivers of AIDS and family breakdown is alcohol-related harm. It's not just the harm to the liver, it's the social harm to the family fabric. Why, what, when people have alcohol and they have extramarital sex and things like that? Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think people who are normally quite restrained and careful in their sexual behaviour, when they're drunk, they, even the women, and as I said, the WHO say the women, are, the women in Zambia and uh, South Africa are binging the highest in the world. So when a woman is drunk, anything, and if the man is drunk, anything can happen. It's, it's very interesting because it's, Something, I, this is maybe naivety on my part, but I suppose I maybe associated addiction with a kind of a Western, European or American problem, but not something with the continent of Africa. No, that, it's always been alcohol in Africa. I mean, long before the, the Europeans came, and there was maize was grown, and millet and sorghum. Actually, the, the maize is relatively new. It came with the Portuguese, but before the, that, it was millet and sorghum and cassava. But most of those grains, cereals, can be made into alcohol. But it was limited. You know, a, a village woman with her little bit of millet can only make a certain amount of beer. But when a commercial tanker comes in, that's really gone off the rails. Yeah. And who runs those tankers? Is it big businesses? Big business. There will be a bit like Ireland. There are international brewers and there are small local Lusaka brewing beer company. So you have your work cut out for you. Did you say there's a a conference or a pan-African meeting about all this? Yes. The the pioneers don't just exist in Ireland. They exist all over the world. So next year, in August uh, 2017, in Lusaka, we're having the fifth Pan-Africa Pioneer Congress. The difference this time is we're inviting pioneer members, representatives from Mauritius, Kenya, Tanzania, South Africa, Malawi, there are two groups from Malawi, but we're also inviting anyone, any layperson, uh, a doctor, a nurse, a counsellor who is interested in alcohol-related harm because the problem is so big, the challenge is so huge, it's not a church thing or a pioneer thing, it's a congress for a lot of people. Now, communication in Africa is not always easy. So anyone listening to this program has a relative in Uganda, Tanzania, uh, Malawi, Lesotho, Botswana. Get them to get on to me. It's, my email is searson, S-E-A-R-S-O-N, at jesuits.net. And they don't have to be pioneers themselves. They don't, once they're interested in the subject. Yeah. By the way, there's no money, so you have to pay your own airfare or bus. Some people will come by bus from... Uh, 
Nairobi. That would be a three-day bus ride to get to Lusaka. Uh, and when they arrive, they have to pay for their own accommodation, but we do all the rest. <laughs> 